Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. Coming up today, we're going to explore the best way to clarify your retirement savings strategy, discuss some tax tips, and new legislation regarding what might change the world of Social Security as we know it. Guys, you want to hear it. It's all coming up right now. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. We've got a great trip planned for you today. Kevin Brooker's here. Kevin, of course, independent uh, fiduciary with Silverleaf Financial, where he's been helping folks for more than 30 years. He is an author. He is, uh, well, just an all-around good guy. Kevin, what's going on? Eh, not too much. I love that. I love it. Yes, all-around good guy. And yeah. uh, I, I do my best. I do my best. And it, uh, it is always good to be here, Steve. Looking forward sure. to a good, you know, some, some information that has come out that a lot of people don't know about. Oh, yeah. So I, we're going to start talking a little bit about Roths and Roth 401k. And it's it's not all cut and dried as, as it seems or as some people would like you to believe. So let's right. dig into it, okay, and, and figure out what we need to do and, and how we can really take best advantage of the Roth. Oh, by all means. And I think that it, I think it's a, it's a good conversation, which is why I wanted to, to have it today, because I think a lot of people don't give enough thought to the Roth. And, and just so everybody remembers, you know, a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, either one of them means that you pay the tax on the contribution when you put it into the account, and then it grows tax-free and it'll come out tax-free as long as you follow the rules, which uh, I'd be happy to cover with anybody. I don't want to go into all those right now. Um, but needless to say, it is a way to get tax-free, tax-free income in retirement, uh, which to me takes away one of the risks or variables in planning for retirement because there's so many things that are unknown. You know, how much, how much are we going to pay in taxes? How high is inflation going to be? How long are we going to live? And so on. If, the way that I look at it, if there's any variable I can remove uh, or just reduce the impact of it, then that's one of the strategies that, that's one of the things I want to do. Sure. Right? Be, because, you know, you, you want to have as solid of a plan as possible. So let's reduce as much risk as we can. And, and with regard to a Roth, you know, there's some questions that, that everybody needs to ask themselves when you're trying to figure out whether you go into a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k, 
because remember with the traditional, you get the tax write-off when you put the money in there, which you know everybody likes a tax write-off, myself mm-hmm. included. Sure. Right? But the bad news, guys, is that later on in life, when you pull that money out, you're going to get taxed on that money. It is not your for is not just your 401k. You're sharing that 401k with Uncle Sam. Yep. Okay. And that's what everybody has to remember. Whatever you have in that 401k or IRAs, you need to take out maybe 20, 25, 30%, maybe more. Because remember, I mean, in terms of what you're going to pay in taxes, because remember, taxes on the retirement accounts are taxed as income, not as capital gains. So you could have had that account for 40 years. You're not going to get capital gains tax rates. You're going to pay income tax rates, which can be quite you know, far, far higher for most people. All right. So one of the questions that people always ask is, you know, do I expect to be in a higher or lower tax bracket in retirement? But I think and that's a valid question. You definitely of want to go through that. Right. Mm hmm. But you know the problem, Steve? I don't think people take it far enough, and I don't think they go deep enough. It's not just about are you going to be in a higher tax bracket because everything is not going to be static. In other words, if you take a write-off right now on twenty grand, and you're 30 years old, what is that twenty grand going to be worth when you're 60, 65, 70 years old? So I think to compare, just ask yourself if you're in a higher tax bracket or lower bracket. To me, that oversimplifies it. I think you need to go a little bit further and especially if you're younger. If you're somebody that has more than 20 years ahead of you before you're gonna tap that retirement plan, you need to really think about not just are you in a higher tax bracket, but how much higher of a tax bracket? What type of growth do you expect to see? Now, let me give you an example. Let's go back 20 years, March of 2004, right? March of 2004. Uh, One of the index ETFs that I like for the S&P 500, the symbol is IVV, Ivan Victor Victor. And in 20, let me get let me get it right here so I give you the exact right information. All right, on March 1st of 2004, IVV was trading at 112, and I'm showing 112.59. Let's just call it 112. It's $100. $112. Okay, all right. All right. Today, IVV 510. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Now this is the S&P 500 index, guys. Yeah. Okay. So let's imagine you bought a thousand shares. You put in 112 grand and you were in the, I don't know, 30% tax bracket. All right. Mm-hmm. So you paid a little over 30, you saved a little over $30,000 in taxes, right? 30% yes. tax bracket. Yep. Now, now you keep on working. It grows all the way to 510, you know, 20 years later. And now you're going to retire. And now you're going from a 30% tax bracket to a 20% tax bracket. So you are in a lower tax bracket, right? Quite mm-hmm. a bit lower. But now you've got to pay taxes on almost $400,000. So at the 20% tax bracket, you're gonna pay 80 grand in taxes. Now you save 30, but you're paying 80. Okay, even though you're in a lower tax bracket. All right? Okay. So I think it's important that everybody do the math, run the calculations, or better yet, sit down with an advisor and have him or her do it for you so you can go through it, okay? Because it's not just about, am I in a higher tax bracket? It's how long is that money gonna be invested what type of returns do you think you can see? And, and what would the long-term implications be? All right, don't oversimplify it. One of the problems, one of the things that really bugs me about, about uh, let's say human behavior, is that a lot of folks don't spend any time or very little time planning their retirement. They spend far, far more time planning a vacation with the kids or with the wife or with the boys, all right? They spend way more time, most people spend way more time on, on in my opinion, much less important issues sure. than, than your retirement. 
And so now imagine, now let's go back on that example I gave you a minute ago. Let's say that when you bought IVV 20 years ago at 112, you said, you know what? I'm going to take that hit. I'm going to pay the tax on it, right? Now I said you're in a 30% tax bracket. So you're going to pay, right? That's 30 some thousand dollars in taxes. Now, 20 years later, it goes up. It's worth over half a million. And now in that $400,000 gain, you pay nothing in tax. Wow. So in this example, you saved over 50 grand in taxes, okay? $50,000 in taxes in this example in just 20 years using real, actual performance of the S&P 500 index, all right? So anybody can go out there. That's why I wanted to give you guys these dates, the prices, the symbol. You can go do it yourself and verify what I'm saying is 100% true, all right? Oh, and yeah, not, I just did it while, while I was sitting here listening to you. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, okay, now don't get me wrong. I'm not claiming in any way that the S&P 500 index is going to perform the exact same way that it did in the last 20 oh, of years. Of course not. Of course All not. All right. Now, remember, though, we did have some pretty nasty stuff during that period, right? Going back to 2004, okay, that's after the first crash that we've seen recently in the 2001 and two. Yes. But that includes the Great Recession from 07 and 08, which, where the market took a big hit, right? And that includes us, us uh, many other events, a couple of them I'll mention. One of them, of course, is the pandemic and COVID and the shock the market saw with that one and, and the aggression from China, talking about Taiwan and the, and the mess with Russia invading Ukraine and the situations in the Middle East with, you know, whatever you want to call it, military conflicts, wars. There's been a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow the S&P 500 has managed to go from 112 to 510 in the last 20 years. So I think it's important that everybody consider that. Don't just ask yourself, don't oversimplify and say, gee, am I going to be a higher tax bracket, lower tax bracket? Most people will be in a lower tax bracket. The question is how much lower, how much time do you have, and what do you think is a reasonable rate of growth so we can do the math? And then you can make an educated decision about, you know what, maybe I'm going to put some of this money into a Roth because in my opinion, guys, if you have at least 20 years before you're going to start collecting from your retirement accounts, you should seriously be weighing it, weighting it towards the Roth. That's my opinion. Uh, I'm sure other people have different opinions, but ideally you'll have both so that when you are retired, we have more flexibility in where we, uh, where we withdraw the money from depending on taxes. Sure. And all of that figures into a, a bigger plan, which is what you do so well, is you, you show us or you think in terms of big picture. You're not thinking about today or tomorrow. You are looking 20 years down the road and, and, and possibilities and, and, again, assurances. Yes, because tax, tax planning, I appreciate that, Steve. Tax planning is very important too, guys, right? We, we all pay plenty of money in taxes, I'm sure. Oh, right? yeah. And I'm also sure that nobody wants to pay more in taxes than they have to. All right. And, and so what's important when we go through the process is we have the conversations. Now, now obviously, these are all, you know, we're going to be working with estimates because, unfortunately, retirement planning is not, you know, I wouldn't call it a science. Um, <laughs> no, I think right? it's no. <laughs> There's a lot of subjectivity to it, right? Sure. Because well, it's like not a, a crapshoot either. I mean, it's not like it's a total gamble. It's not a, to it's not a total gamble. Some things we do know. You know, but some big ones we don't know is how long we're going to live, which, right. which obviously dictates, you know, when do you claim Social Security? How, how fast can you withdraw the money? How fast can you spend it down? Or conversely, how long do you have to make it last? If you're going to be somebody that turns, if you're going to be somebody that becomes a centenarian, right? Which mm -hmm. appar apparently we have more people than ever over the age of 100 now. Um, and I'll tell you, that kind of scares me. If I have a 40-year retirement, I'm like, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> 
That's yeah. I'm not that's altogether a good sure. long while. That is a long while, and honestly, it's not. I'm not sure if that's what I want. But you know, apparently, it's not up to me. So. Um, so anyway, it, there's a lot to consider, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we have to factor in inflation. And if somebody, if, can you imagine if you retired a couple of years ago thinking inflation is only going to stay below 2%, if you factored that into your decision-making and you didn't give yourself much cushion, you might have a problem now because we've obviously seen much higher than 2% inflation. All right. So, and then of course, taxes, you know, and, and other things that we don't know. We know you're going to need to repair something, whether it's your house or your refrigerator or your car or whatever. But there's a lot of things come up we can't plan for, so we want to make sure we build in cushions. We want to build in excess savings, right? Make sure you have more than enough that offsets possible inflation and all these other things. And let's say we make a plan that taxes are actually higher in the future, because personally, I believe our tax rates are about the lowest they've ever been um, or real close to it. And if you go back, if you want to convince yourself, go back and pull up the income tax rates from the 1950s or 60s and take a look at where rates were then, all right? Far, far higher than they are now. So that is why personally I'm a big advocate for a Roth, whether it's an IRA or a 401k, and I'm a huge advocate for an HSA, a health savings account. If you qualify, you've gotta have uh, medical insurance that is HSA eligible, but a health savings account is actually the only account, the only account that is truly tax-free because you get a tax break putting money in there, it grows tax-free, and it comes out tax-free as long as you follow the rules. And so there's a lot of advantages. I'm doing both of those for me and my wife um, because I want to have the most tax-free income I can possibly have when I do retire. Right. Well, and again, the way that you're doing it, I think it's it's just remarkable because you, as you said, you talk about the HSA and how that will work for you. And you talk about laddering annuities and how those that income can be turned on, really turned off, too, for that matter. Yes. But again, and, and if that money is tax free, how sweet is that? So then it doesn't matter if they if they tax it, Social Security or not, because you're it, not affected. You got it. And, and that's that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because that's the other thing I talk about is, you know, if, if you're managed, if you can live one year, let's say for one year, ho hopefully more, but let's say at least one year, you know, between your Roth IRA and your other accounts that you have that are tax-free, maybe that's the only income you draw that year. Because that's what I plan to do. I'm going to pick mm -hmm. a year here. I'll pick a year here and a year there and, and try to live just off of tax-free money because that year I won't pay tax on Social Security at all. And that'll probably, I, I figure that'll buy us another, you know, another little vacation somewhere. Sure. So, you know, so there's a lot of a lot of things we can do, but we need to plan it ahead of time. We need to go through the exercises, think about it, have conversations with your advisor, go through different scenarios, saying, what if this happens? What if that happens? And, and that's what we can help you to be prepared, because one of the things that does happen, unfortunately, is a lot of people plan on retiring at, let's say, 65 and something happens. There's a family emergency. You know, maybe their parents get sick. They got to take care of one of their parents or one of their kids gets sick. They got to help the kid or maybe they get sick. Maybe maybe something will happen that you're not able to work as long as you wanted to or as long as you plan to. Because the fact is about 30 percent. I see every estimates anywhere from 30 to 35 percent of workers overall that are already retired. That's the percentage that retired earlier than they plan to. And it might be taken out from under you because the problem when we get to be in our 50s, and older is that a lot of employers don't want to hire you okay now they're not that's there's not supposed to be any age discrimination but uh, there is <laughs> but there is right i'm gonna say there definitely is 
And, and, and I, I get it. I get it. You know, if you're an employer and you can hire somebody 35 that you can say, you know what, I could have 25 years after I get this employee trained, or I could hire somebody older and get 10 years, you know, I'd, I'd probably rather invest my resources in the younger person too. Absolutely. But right. But there are trade-offs. You don't get that same experience. And presumably the more experienced person should have more knowledge about that position. So, but there are trade-offs, but I don't want people, my point is, I don't want you to think, I, I would rather not have anybody think uh, that they're always guaranteed that they'll be able to get another job that has just as good of benefits and pay as the one that you have now. Wow. Because uh, unfortunately, it might not be the case. Sure, exactly. Well, again, and you've said this before, and I see the note here, it says it's not how much you make, but it's how much you keep. Yes, 100%, 100%, because that's, that's one thing that I... That I'm always, uh, that's one of, actually my first question when I'm talking to people and they say how much money they have put away, I say, well, is, you know, is that already taxed money or is that tax deferred money? Because there's a big difference between a million dollars in a 401k and a million dollars in a Roth. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so. <laughs> thousands of dollars difference. Thousands of dollars, right? And so I would suggest, you know, my, my suggestion to most everybody is to have both, all right? If you have too high of an income, to contribute to a Roth or your company doesn't offer a Roth 401k, then by all means, take advantage of the 401k. But the good news is that you can convert. So you can convert traditional IRA or 401k to a Roth IRA with, without having to deal with any income limits. So you can do a backdoor conversion, we call it, and that might be something to look into for your situation. Okay, good enough. Folks, if you want to reach out to Kevin, it's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717, or you can visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there as well. Having a great conversation today, Kevin, uh, you know, the Roth, the Roth 401k, Roth in general, it it's... Like I think we said at the beginning, it's not it's not cut and dried, but and it may not be for everybody. But if it's for you, you know, take advantage. By all means, by all means, take advantage of, especially if you've got at least twenty years to go, mm-hmm. uh, because of that opportunity for such significant growth. Like we talked about earlier with the S and P five hundred, the S and P five hundred is up four and a half x, four and a half times in the last twenty years. All right, so ten grand turned into forty five. All right, 100,000 turned into 450. Okay, so you can do the math, but when you're figuring out, do you want to do a Roth or a traditional, run some numbers, and I think that'll give you a lot better idea. Sure. Well, and as we look at this, you know, we've been talking a little bit about Social Security, and uh, we, the last couple of weeks, Kevin, we've been talking about a bill that, that uh, has been put into, a, that's been reintroduced to Congress, whether it goes anywhere or not is yet to be seen, but it's right. called the You Earned It, You Keep It Act. And it's uh, H.R. Bill 7804. And uh, on the surface, this thing sounds fantastic, Kevin. You, you know what? I, I really am trying to get the word out, and I, and I know a lot of other people are as well. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the following of, you know, Oprah or 60 Minutes or something. I wish you would talk about it. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, because this, guys, this bill can save ev- everybody. That's, this bill, the biggest thing about this bill is it will repeal federal income tax on your social security benefits. Okay. So that would mean, that would mean no more federal tax on your social security check. Okay. No more of the 85% of my income is being taxed, but my social security is being taxed. Not going to happen. You got it. You got it. And the way we pay for this, the way the bill pays for it is by reintroducing this tax to people that make over 250,000 a year. Now guys, you might not know a lot of people aren't aware that there's a maximum cap 
on your income in terms of how much you contribute to Social Security. And it, it and it's indexed to inflation. So back in the 90s, it was, you know, 80,000, 90,000 in income. And after that, you were done paying, contributing to Social Security. So it reduced the payroll tax that the individual paid. The irony is that you still pay Medicare. That, that piece of the payroll continues with no cap. But for some reason, at some point in time, our wonderful politicians decided that people making above a certain income should no longer have to contribute to Social Security. Right now, that number's around 168, 169,000 right in there. Yeah. So, once, so once an individual makes more than that, they're done paying Social Security tax for that calendar year. Time what, for a bonus. Right? Now, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, what this built, so in other words, so you got these star athletes, Patrick Mahomes. He's making Great what, example. 40 million, 50 million. He doesn't pay a dime more into Social Security than the person that's making 168 grand. And that, to me, is, is just not right. And, and so all we're saying is that everybody, regardless of your income level, so Elon Musk, as he makes his billions of dollars, he should have to pay the same percentage into Social Security that all the rest of us do. And that's what this bill does. It reintroduces, reimposes, I should say, the Social Security payroll tax on income above 250. For some reason, they are doing this carve out between you know 170 roughly and 250, which I think is you know asinine. Uh, but there are politicians, so what do you expect? Um, so nonetheless, all right. The other thing, though, is that according to the Congressional Budget Office, this bill would actually reduce the debt over the very long term. All right. So it would not add anything to our debt, according to uh, all the accountants in, at, at, in Washington. All well, right? that's a relief right there. That, and that's what I'm saying. Right. Because <laughs> we've been a, adding to that debt a lot. Well, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. You know, and, and uh, I, I, I don't know how much is too much. That's the question. How much is too much? And, and the thing is, you know, foreigners are still buying our bonds. Um, Japan still buys our, you know, still buying our bonds. China's, you know, they reduced it, but then they started buying again. Um, so, you know, you know it, it to me is kind of surprising because our national debt, I think, is, what, 33, 34 trillion. Yeah. Um, and, and all presidents, including the last administration, just like this administration, they're all adding to the debt. So don't, con I hope you're not convinced that Republicans haven't added to it because they added to it just as much, if not more, than Democrats. They both do it. They all do it. They all do it, yeah. And, and so until voters decide that we want to actually, you know, do something about it, they're going to keep playing all these games. And, and so um, nonetheless, but this is the bill. It's called You Earned It, You Keep It. Talk to your congressman. You can even go to ARP, right, Steve? You can, yeah, go to AARP. Yeah, or AARP.org. You click on the banner that says Social Security. You scroll down near the bottom of the page. There's a letter already written that you can send to your congresspeople. And, uh, I mean, again, you can customize that letter. Tell them what you want. It's, it's House Bill or HR Bill 7804. Mention that. And, and it goes automatically to your representatives and senators. And, guys, the other thing about this bill, you know, we've, we've been talking about Social Security, and everybody's probably heard that right now the program is going to be, you know, um, they're, they're saying it's going to go bust in about 10 years, and it's not going to go bust. What that means is that uh, they will not be able to continue to pay out the same level of benefits at the current rate unless there are major changes made, okay? Uh, right now, if there's no changes made, Social Security checks would be cut almost 30%, um, between maybe 25%. I'm sorry, 25%, I think is more accurate. Um, and, and so it's, this is very important because the other beauty about this bill is that if it's passed, it would extend the solvency of Social Security for another 20 years into the like 2053 or something. So it would extend it. 
it would eliminate the federal tax for Social Security beneficiaries, and it would do it by just making high-income earners pay the same percentage of Social Security tax that everybody else already pays. So my question then is, the high earners, does that mean their, their Social Security checks are going to go up? You know, theoretically, they should. Um, oh, but but that, seems, that doesn't seem right, though. No, it, it doesn't seem right to me either, but it doesn't have to be much of an increase. Okay. okay. Well, so in other words, so what they could do is keep the, the, the maximum, you know, here as opposed to way up here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't. Okay. They, okay. It, it, so they make their own rules. That's right. I keep forgetting. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, they make their own rules. For instance, look at tax brackets. Did you ever ask yourself why tax brackets stop at half a million dollars or, or 400,000, wherever they, why aren't yeah. there higher tax brackets going up into the millions and into the decamillions, right? The guys that like Patrick Mahomes, right? And all these star athletes that are making 40, 50, 60 million a year. I think their tax, their tax should be considerably higher in my opinion, right? Of course, I don't make One that kind hope. of money, no. you know, but, but that's what I'm saying is that the system is not as progressive as it could be. All right. Because in my opinion, the high income earners need to be paying more in tax. Guys, the fact of the matter is they're the ones that can afford to. And if you look at the last 30, 40 years of history, the richest 1% have gotten far, far, far wealthier in the last 30 years than all the rest of us. And, and you can easily figure this out by looking at the average CEO pay compared to the average worker 30 years ago, and then look at where it is now. All right, the average CEO pay has gone through the roof. And so the top 1%, I think the top 1% controls something like a third of the wealth of the nation. It's, it, it's an incredible number. And so uh, anyway, my opinion is they should be contributing more to this wonderful nation that helped them achieve such success. Absolutely. Yeah. But you earned it. You keep it. it was, uh, it's, it's been introduced. And uh, again, whether or not it happens is uh, entirely uh, unknown. But. Again, it's a matter of awareness and see what we can do to rattle some cages here. Yeah, let your congresspeople, let your representatives know that you support that bill and you expect them to support it, all right? This is a change that could benefit all the retirees, and, and all we're doing is help, help, you know, having rich people pay the same thing uh, as everybody else. All right, right. So, again, I think it becomes then a definition of what is rich, and I think that, you know, 250 to me, that's rich. You know what? So most, why shouldn't they be paying? Most, I think, I think most people, I think it's... Oh uh, gosh, I think 250 is. It's. I don't think it's any more than the top 10. percent I don't think. I wouldn't I, think. I think at least 90 percent of people make less than that. Um, I'd have to take a, take a look, but I'll bet it's between. I'll bet it's no more than 10 percent. Maybe it's only six or seven percent of mm-hmm. the population that earns that kind of money. So we're we're not talk, we're not talking a big percentage. Right. But the, but the amount of money that percentage makes is astronomical. And that's where, it, and that's what, that's what we're talking about here is, is trying to, to just even things out there. And, and again, there are obviously there are other things that we can do, uh, for, you know, from a retirement planning standpoint, you know, than than this. And, and that's one of the things that you focus on as well is it, you know creating tax efficient plans. It is tax efficient plans and income plans because ah. because right when we retire, unfortunately, we don't get that paycheck anymore. And at least most of us don't. No, but then the bills, but the bills and taxes still come. The bills keep coming and the bills are going to keep going higher. I just got notified uh, our electric company out here called APS uh, just got approval to raise our rates by 8%. Ouch. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's another, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks a month, depending on what your bill is, I guess. Hmm. Um, you, You know, so we know the bills are going to keep going higher over time. And so we want to make sure we've got ways that we can trigger additional income. Now, some people like to do it by investing in stocks and bonds, 
and just making with you know making withdrawals from those accounts. Uh, we've talked many times about the risk of that. It's it, it, it's called sequence risk, and it has to do with the sequence of returns when you retire. And the easiest example I could give you is imagine if you retired in 1990 before this fantastic bull market and you left everything in the stock market. You had a great retirement because the market just went up, up, up all throughout the 90s. Conversely, if somebody retired in 2000, did the same thing, left it all in the stock market, over the next three years, they lost half their portfolio. And that person's retirement was far, far different than the one that retired 10 years sooner. So make sure you understand the risks that are out there because one thing that I suggest is for everybody to consider guaranteed lifetime income that you can get from an annuity, all right? An annuity is not a four-letter word. It's not a bad word, okay? Guys, annuities can be fantastic tools for the right purpose, for the right job. And what I tell everybody is, you know, if you, if you go to build a new house and your builder shows up with nothing but a hammer, are you, are you feeling good about it? Not right? really. Because you know if you're a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? And, and so the point is when you're building a house, you're doing construction, you're working on a car, whatever you're doing, you probably need multiple tools to get the job done right because a different tool is gonna, is gonna be better for a certain job, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's how I look at investments. That's how I look at stocks and bonds and mutual funds and exchange traded funds and annuities and options. They're all tools. They're all tools that an individual can employ or an advisor can employ to help them achieve a desired result. And how you put them all together is, is what makes the difference. That's why I used to talk about, you know, making a cake. And I want to admit, I've never baked a cake in my entire life. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I do know there's a bunch of different ingredients, right? And then you've got sugar and flour and eggs, right? Yes. And if, if you leave one of them out, how is that cake going to taste? Probably not real good, right? No. Nope. <laughs> probably not real. Probably going to pretty, taste pretty lousy. Yeah. I think you can make the same analogy, make the argument using that analogy to investing. You know, you can do all stocks, but if you're doing all stocks, you can have a lot more volatility than if you have some bonds in there too, you know? So, so there's always a trade-off. With regard to annuities, the trade-off is you have to leave the money committed in that account. If you want to have lifetime income, you have to keep that account for your entire life. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, to get the highest amount of income, you're going to have to pay a fee. And that's where the question becomes, is it worth it to you to pay that fee in order to get the guaranteed income? And for some people, the answer is yes. Other people, the answer is no. Okay. And honestly, honestly, it doesn't matter to me, Steve, what investments my clients make. The key for me is I want them to be comfortable. I want them to be happy. And I want to do everything I can to help them reach their goals. Exactly. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter if they, want, if they want to do stocks and bonds. I'm fine with that. I can do that. I'm a registered investment advisor. If they want to do annuities, I can do that. I'm licensed for life insurance and annuities as well. That's why it's important when you work with somebody, make sure you know what licenses and certifications they hold. All right. Because a lot of times if you talk to a stockbroker, he's going to say, don't touch an annuity. And maybe it's because they can't get maybe it's because they can't get paid for because they don't have an insurance license. All right. And you could talk to guys that just do annuities and insurance. And a lot of them will tell you, why would you take the chance of the stock market? You could lose half your money overnight. You should just do annuities. Right. And they're Mm -hmm. not licensed. They're not licensed. Many of them to recommend securities, which are stocks and bonds. All right. So legally, if you're dealing with a person that is only insurance licensed, they are not even supposed to look at your stock portfolio as a source of funds. In other words, if they only have an insurance license, they are not legally allowed to tell you to sell a stock or a mutual fund to buy the annuity. So if they're doing that, be aware of it, because if you got somebody crossing the line, that's an ethical issue. And if they're crossing the line there, 
maybe they're crossing crossing that line in other places too. Yeah. All right. Well, good to know. I think I was just uh, looking and uh, the. Uh, let's see. According to uh, Limra, the U.S. annuity sales for last year um, for last year reached three hundred eighty-five billion dollars. So yes. somebody likes annuities. They they do. You know what? I got I I got a lot of clients that love they love their annuities. They don't want anything else besides annuities because the ones that I do are called fixed index annuities, and those offer a contractual guarantee that you cannot lose money due to the market going down. The way they offset that is they put a limit on how much you can make. But guys, right? They put, in other words, they put a cap. But sure. right now, right now, I can get caps of eleven and twelve percent on the oh S. Oh my gosh! On the S and P five hundred, right? So if you can make up to eleven percent when the market's going up, but you don't lose a dime when it goes down, is that something that you find interesting? Yeah. To me, it, to me, it's <laughs> right. It's no brainer. To me, it's very interesting. I see. Yeah. I, you know, and that's I tell folks. I say, guys, if if you don't need to take the risk of the stock market to reach your goals, then maybe you should think about whether you need to be in there at all, right? Why take the chance of losing money if you don't have to? And, and so now some people do it for fun or, or any other number of other reasons, yeah. um, but just give it some thought, you know, because there are ways, there are, there are conservative investments out there. There's different types of annuities. The ones that get, uh, get a lot of the heat are called variable annuities. Those tend to have the highest expenses. Uh, index annuities are kind of in the middle a lot of them don't have any expenses at all. And I can, I can show you, I'd be happy to show them to you and see how they work. Because what I like to do is, is show people a few different things to see what they feel makes sense, what they feel might be a good fit for them. And then we can go further and isolate and come up with a strategy. But I think you should start off looking at the whole panorama, see what's available to you, and see what makes sense and what doesn't. Sure, folks. And that's, uh, and again, that, that can be a conversation with Kevin. He'd love to talk with you, 800-975-6717. Or you can visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Kevin, as always, a pleasure and uh, one of my favorite hours of the week. Well, a half hour. It goes by quick. Oh, hey. um, and, but, again, it's, it's always insightful, and, and I think people can learn so much from the, the kind of information you're putting out there. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. Oh, thank, well, thank, thank you for that, Steve. I, I appreciate it. And, guys, I do, I do hope you find the information helpful. By all means, please check out my website. It's silverleaffinancial.com, leaf like a tree. I've got a lot of resources on there. I've got the last five, six, seven months of podcasts. So you can go back and listen to them if you'd like to check them out, see what we were talking about a few months ago, um, and see if we might be a good fit. I think it's a good, good, good way to get to know somebody. Uh, and I've also got a lot of other resources on there, including a free book on retirement, uh, five keys to successful retirement. I'd be happy to send it to you free of charge uh, if you're interested. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. 
Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.